Hello, I'm Bloodied Porcelain, and I will be played, playing Lady Eloise Beaufort. Hello, I'm Bookkeeper, and I will be playing Colonel Thomas Campbell. Hello, I am Legacy, and I will be playing Lady Catherine Beaufort. Hello, I am Overthinker, and I will be playing Mr. John Fielding. And I'm Grizz, and I'll be your facilitator for the evening. Here we are, players. We're at the last episode. How are we all feeling? Wonderful. Mm. Bittersweet. <clears throat> Bittersweet. Good. Good. Mm -hmm. Boy, um, I'm dead. Mm -hmm. A little too excited. I'm feeling some strange energy there, but it's fine. It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, unfortunately, because of the way we've been doing this, um, I have four very good role players here, and as such, that means we have to cut out some vital parts of the storytelling. So once again, we're going to start this episode with uh, the letters, which are extremely important. Um, and they're going to add some extra drama and to the whole situation. Uh, and first, we're going to have Bookkeeper. All right. Uh, my... Uh... My first letter tonight, I am saving my second letter in case someone uh, compels a response. Uh, but my first letter is from Colonel Campbell to Lady Eloise. And it goes something like this. To Lady Eloise Beaufort, Colonel Thomas Campbell, Marquis of Kintyre and Lorne, sends greetings. Lady Eloise. I must offer you an apology for my deplorable actions at the flower picnic. I presumed an office to which I had neither right nor claim, and have undoubtedly caused your family some measure of mortification. It was never my wish to cause you or your family distress, and I can only live in hope that you will one day pardon my lack of decorum. As a Scotsman and a soldier, I have forever lacked sufficient English dignity. I do not suppose that at my stage of life I am likely to acquire such, which compels me to write to you rather than delivering this apology in person, as would be most befitting. It was your dignity that drew out of me a fondness that I struggled to understand and found myself unable to express until it married itself to that fury, which is God's unending gift to the professional soldier. Of all the people I have met in my travels, your dignity and strength is a singular wonder to me. You are a lady who, even if she came into it unaccustomed, would flourish, I believe, as the chieftainess of a clan or the head of a great household. Your character, understated in that way that is your birthright, reveals a strength of will that I can do aught but envy. Time spent in your presence, however fleeting, was among the happiest times I have spent in this good society of yours. So it was that when a card appeared to refer to you and your family as property acquired as one might purchase a pair of shoes, I found myself overtaken by emotions I did not expect and cannot defend. I made a spectacle of myself and to my unending shame through negative attention to your dear family. For this, I humbly apologize and unconditionally beg your pardon. I am preparing to make my return to Argyll even now and shall not be returning to England for some time. Indeed, outside of your father's most generous words, I should not expect to be authentically welcomed in English households for the foreseeable future. I expect that this is providential, as it is clear that, while England has a few things very dear to my heart, 
I am not well suited to England. I leave you then with such apologies as I may render, and the words of our Scottish national bard. I beg your indulgence of his use of Scots English. Like this writer, it may be uh, unfamiliar, even foreign, but it is genuine. And fare thee weel, my only love, and fare thee weel a while. And I will come again, my love, though it were ten thousand mile. Please accept the assurance of my highest consideration of you and your family, and my continued best wishes for your good health and fortune. With deepest respect, Colonel Thomas Campbell. Well written. Okay. Then we have... Who going next? I believe that would be me. Alright. I have a letter to Mr. Fielding. Um, it is worth noting that when John receives this letter um, while the outer envelope is pristine or as pristine as it can be after being carried by messenger. Um, the letter itself, the paper looks a little threadbare. Um, it looks like it has been um, pressed into and moved around quite a bit, handled more than is typical. Um, and a close inspection would show that uh, there are lines and ridges in the paper as if it were at the bottom of a stack um, and the stack above it was rather heartily abused by by things being crossed out and uh, pen being put too firmly to the paper. Um. Dear Mr. F Fielding, after witnessing the outcry at the Graham's party and suffering the embarrassment of damage not only to my own reputation, that my fiancé was not moved to defend my honour, nor the honour of my family, but further damage to the reputation of a good man whom I believed to have been a friend and companion of yours. I am forced with the stark reality that your own self-interest will always come first. You are a man of ambition, and such is a trait to be admired, but it is not one I have the shoulders to bear the brunt of for the rest of my life. I hope one day that you find a woman able to do so and a family whom will welcome you into their number. It is for this reason that I must inform you that, in spite of the protestations of my own common sense and my endeavours in convincing myself that the journey we have been embarking upon is in the best interest of my family, I must acknowledge a malignant and lingering truth. I do not and cannot ever love you nor do I feel that you will ever be capable of loving me for anything but my family name. As such, I cannot be prevailed upon to marry you, no matter the service it would be to all involved. I hope you will not look too harshly on this act of selfishness and self-interest, but I fear for what either of us would become under such a strained relationship long term. In the future, I wish you love, family, and success such as we all deserve and perhaps better choices in friends and companions than ones willing to deride the supposed object of your affection and intention. Sincerely, Lady Eloise Beaufort. Mm -hmm. uh, 
Wait a second. I have a response. I have my response. Okay. Uh, it comes, assuming a day or two to deliver. It would be reasonable to assume that Mr. Fielding ruminated for no less than three days before posting his response. Miss Eloise Beaufort. I had thought our minds were aligned to the destination of mutually assured success. But I see now that the chasm between us was wider and deeper than I had believed. I must deeply apologize to my commitment to a, for my commitment to a thing that I knew brought no happiness. I have for some time now taken my cues from you as to the correct way to address a situation with which I am unfamiliar. As such, I shall endeavor to do so one last time. You have placed heart and happiness as the most essential of virtues, while I have attended the material and fought for reputation. You have made a fool of me, but a happy fool. First, in the belief that I might sacrifice future bliss for material gain, and now for the realization that I need not do so. I find the season ending not at all as I had believed it would, yet I shall carry fond memories where I can and leave grievance where it falls, that all disdain should rot and fade away, leaving only those flowers which bloom in a climate of new and bountiful choices. And to you, love, family, and success, Mr. John Fielding. Postscript. I have at my disposal a message by which I might make young Lord Richard Fosley pay for his slander against your name, but give me the nod and I shall make it so. And a second letter. We're going to have Legacy go first. Cool. No, no, he can he can go. It's fine. I'm... Are you writing a letter? Okay. All right, he can go first. <laughs> go ahead. To the Colonel Thomas Campbell. Lady Eloise Beaufort has informed me of the conclusion of our betrothal. Your attempt to purloin my betrothed, notwithstanding, I believe you to be a man of character and know that you would hold her in highest esteem higher so than myself, perhaps. I hope you will take with good cause that counsel which so works itself upon me. Happiness should not be dismissed for the wants of the now. The floor is yours, good Colonel, your friend, Mr. John Fielding. Okay. I have one more letter, if I can. Uh, this comes the evening prior to the events of the session. Uh, and is addressed to Catherine. My dearest sister, 
I know this is something that I could say in person and perhaps something I should, but I have always struggled to make my feelings clear and known, especially when they are speaking on tender things, when when face to face with another. I know during your life that you have at times been made to feel and perhaps even told that you were too self-interested, too childish to take any situation seriously. But in the past year, I have seen you grow to be a dedicated young woman who puts others before herself. While this heartens me and makes me believe that our family will be in a much more stable place when all of this is over for for that, I also want to thank you for the lessons that you have taught me. For always being there to remind me that I need to find reasons to smile even when everything is dour and seems lost. And for taking my own heart into consideration, even when I know that I am expected not to. My chance at a happy ending may be gone, but I am thrilled to see that yours is still here. And so very proud of you. Your loving sister, Eloise. Uh, And I have a response. And it is going to... um, Her hand. The day of the session. To my most beautiful sister, Eloise. I recently received your letter, and to say that I am touched is an understatement. I have always looked up to you, even when we were young and naive, as I knew that one day you would bear the responsibilities of being the first daughter take on any responsibility. You are courteous and one of the most beautiful souls that I have ever come to know. And I have said this a million times and I will say more. You deserve the happiness that you don't expect that you will find. I hope one day you're able to find what makes you feel like you're in summer rain. You are everything. Even if someone doesn't make you feel that way. I hope that someday the person who you 
want to be with the person who makes you feel like a spring morning is able to come into your life and wrap you up in his arms and remind you of how important you are. The years since William died has been very hard on our family and I don't ever told how proud we are of you. You have truly been a cornerstone in this family and though you might not see it yourself, you've kept many of us stable. You are my hero. Not a title that I'm willing to give lightly. I soon hope that you are able to find your peace because you deserve it. Your ever-loving sister, Catherine. We have two more letters open to you and book. Do you both wish to use them? I'm good. Yeah, I am too. Okay. So, uh, in that case, we are going to open on the uh, early morn of the uh, wedding day of one uh, Catherine Beaufort and one Baron Jasper Goodman. Um, it is, we've had a long hot stretch here in Redwood. So it is a little bit chillier of a spring morning, but uh, rest assured it's going to warm up by the time the festivities are ready to begin. Um, there's a lot of foot traffic going through the small idyllic town, going back and forth from uh, the, the local church where um, uh, the uh, the past. I don't. God, I forgot the word. It's vicar, right? Keep on saying pastor in my head. Vicar. Yeah, that's the. Um, the vicar Michael um, is getting ready to do the services on the inside, um, but all of the foot traffic is going off into a small lawn area, um, in the small one of the smaller side parts of the main town where everyone's welcome to join for the uh, the reception afterwards. Um, and you do see uh, most of the time folk getting ready um, and getting the area all set up because it's the first major uh, wedding at Redwood for some time. Um, uh, and as that hustle and bustle is going on, um, uh, we're going to do a couple of like small moments and I'm going to ask each one of you what you're doing to get ready for the wedding if you're going at all. Um, because uh, Mr. John Fielding and one Colonel Thomas Campbell, both of you did receive invitation. Um, so I'm actually going to open with the both of you real quick. Uh, uh, Mr. Fielding, where would you be on the early morning of this wedding? John is, for the first time in a long time, stressing about what to wear. The, the image of a gentleman with everything going for him 
is, is gone now. His position is changed. His, uh, the two people who were his guiding stars are not here. For the first time in the season and his life, he is going into an event totally blind with no backup. And he, he has to be talked down a little bit to wear something nice, but not showy. Uh, the correct colors. And eventually take the the less distinguished of his carriages. Uh, would it be appropriate to bring a friend? Absolutely. It is open to the townsfolk. So anyone can come. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think he will come alone. In this case. Consider inviting Beatrice, but we haven't used her, so. Uh, I mean, if you're trying to avoid going alone, that would be the person to bring. Yeah, old friend Beatrice. Okay. Um, so yeah, she's in the carriage with you. Um, I don't have the image anywhere near me. Uh, I have what Beatrice looks like for us, if you'd like. Uh, Beatrice is... She's, uh probably a little bit taller than John. Uh, thin, slightly freckled, currently wearing something appropriate, but probably yellow, if that's an option. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was from she was from the poor part of the nice part of town, which was close to the orphanage, which was in the better part of the bad part of town. And as you're rolling through the carriage, uh, she's just like glancing over you. It's going to be fine. It's going to be rough. It will be fine. Indeed. Absolutely fine. Just, just going in, saying hello greeting a bunch of people who have good reasons not to like me, one of whom uh, professionally shot people for quite some time. What could possibly go wrong? He smiles nervously. (sighs) Smile and nod respectfully to the people you're supposed to, and it'll go fine. Smile and nod. Smile and nod. Not too much smiling because you don't want to see overly pleased for some reason. Now, you see... And not too much nodding because then you just look like an idiot. You are absolutely correct and immediately counter your own hopefulness. (laughs) It like pokes you in the side of it. It's like, relax, John. (sighs) 
the best part about going here is that no one expects anything other than you just to be respectful. And that's the easy part. Indeed, I have some, done such a good job of it so far. Here he, seem, he seems actually like to sink into sadness for a moment. I suppose we shall, I suppose I shall get to see people how they would behave towards me if I were not entangled in their world. Perhaps it will be fine, for I shall simply be ignored. Until then, the bike leans back a little bit. I'll have to wait. Indeed. And thank you again. Oh, absolutely. This is a little tight, but I think this was made for a slightly shorter person. <laughs> I shall have a note before you for the tailor before you uh, take it home. And we roll on. Uh, Colonel Thomas Campbell. The Colonel is uh, going to be late and likely uh, not appearing at least in the in the reception. Well, not appearing in the reception. Because the colonel this morning, he's got his traveling clothes hung out in one space and his uh, dress uniform laid out in another. And he's sitting there in his, uh, just in his, uh, his white shirt uh, and his kilt, leaning back in a chair and staring at a coffee table on which it's two pieces of paper that he regards almost as his uh, his dire enemies and accusers at the moment. One being the invitation to the wedding and the other being the letter from Mr. John Fielding. And he's just sitting there staring at them. One of his fingers tapping on the arm of the chair trying to decide what he's going to do. And he is at the moment paralyzed with indecision. Oh no, he's me. Mm. Bad at choices. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, no, I was like, I'm sorry. That's a little bit of thing there. Okay. So for the because no one's there with you at the moment and because I can't uh, I'm going to spend a monologue token on the colonel in this moment well the easy answer is that what's going on in his mind sounds vaguely like TV static um, <laughs> I'd actually think that, but <laughs> yes, give me a monologue of five minutes of TV static. Go. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I 
I, I can't. I won't. I mustn't. I. How how do I give up on something? And and only only after I've given up, packed my things, ready to go. Now it's oh wait. And what sort of fool would I look like? Walking in there, having censored this letter, going, "Oh well, you know, never gonna see you again. Uh, probably in love with you, but oh well, nothing to do about it now. Bye." Yeah. God in heaven, I need a drink. I think they'll look at me funny for drinking scotch at this hour of the morning. They'd look at me funny for drinking scotch at this hour of the morning, even at home. So. Well, Thomas, did you mean what you said? You borrowed Rabbi Burns' words. Did you mean them? You got no choice then, have you, lad? Get up off your arse. End of monologue. Well said. Also, relatable. Um, <laughs> did you mean it? Ah, uh, shit. Okay. <laughs> um, thank you for that. Eloise. Yes. Um. Uh, would you have wanted to be one of the bridesmaids? Oh, of course. Oh. Um, with that in mind, I'm probably uh, the bridesmaid. So. <laughs> true, because I was like, I was gonna throw on some Beaufort because it's just like pad the sides, but there's probably probably some distant relatives that just showed up for the party. Um, but you know, don't mind standing there for an hour where someone's old man talks but uh um but yeah you're the main primo uh, bridesmaid what are you doing on this morning uh i was probably up before my sister um so that i could get myself ready um and the um maid that we probably share between the two of us because families financial situation can't really support a huge amount of staff um, would have helped me get my hair up um, it's mostly all pulled up out of my face there's a couple of those curls that surround it um, and there are um, there's this these hair combs um, decorated in little um, uh, little pearls um, that hold it back in this kind of pile of, of, of curls at the back of her head. Um, her dress is not, um, 
green um, or any of its typical colors. Um, at the moment she's not wearing it, she's in like a dressing gown um, because she doesn't want to mess up her dress before the wedding. But the, the dress that she'll be wearing to the wedding is this beautiful um, like robin's egg blue um, dress uh, decorated in um, slightly darker blue flower, blue and white flowers all over. Um, very typical uh, Regency era fashion with the empire waist and the, the low cut square neckline. Um, and she is buzzing around um, kind of being a little bit bossy but not rude to the house um, servants about the things that need to be like prepared to make sure that when Catherine is woken up everything is ready to go they can get some food in her they can get her dressed yada 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 um, and uh, she will probably be the one who goes and knocks on Catherine's door to wake her up for the morning and she is holding in her hand a little uh, wooden box Catherine, darling, you have to wake up. Later, later. I'm afraid not, darling. You're getting married today. And I am like, I don't even wait anymore. I just open the door, walk in, start opening, start opening curtains. My eyes. Okay, okay, fine. Okay, I'm awake. Come on, I'm awake. We don't have time. Uh, um, there's okay. a flurry of there's a flurry of activity as servants bring in like food <laughs> for breakfast rather than having you come downstairs. Oh, oh, uh, thank you, thank, thank you, thank you. Okay, okay, okay. We have a lot to do and very little time to do it in. Yes, I, I am. Yes, yes. Absolutely. I let you sleep as late as I could. <sighs> this is why you are my favorite. <laughs> okay. Um, and we'll get her like shuffled out of bed, sat down, get her hair done uh, while she's getting her hair done um, by the maids. Um, I will set the little box in front of her. What is this? Well, there are... There are traditions. You have something new. Um, I realized you didn't have anything borrowed or blue, so. And she is going to, um, she'll open up the box and just peek inside. Um, inside, um, is a A pair of earrings um, that are little silver uh, flowers with blue stones in the middle. And they have been hers her whole fucking life, and they are her favorite pair. Ellie, I can't, I can't yes. take these from you. It's your wedding day. You need something borrowed and something blue. 
and I would have no one else with. Thank you. They are very beautiful. Much like the woman who wears them. Yes, you are. <laughs> She'll smile uh, and turn and start start bossing around servants again. Catherine. Yes. <laughs> You're sitting there. They're mm-hmm. messing with your hair. They're getting everything ready. Um, you have something blue, uh, um, borrowed and something blue is in your hands, given to you by your living sister. Um, you're looking around at all this hustle and bustle and it's all, it's all for you. And your day. And I'm going to throw a monologue token at you because I can and I will. (laughs) Okay, um... I'm mad with as, as she is sitting with the maids, um, tending to her hair and um, being sort of left with her with her own thoughts. I I didn't ever think that this would happen. Um. So many people have expected so little from me my entire life. Oh, you don't know anything about the regency that you are a part of. You know nothing about your social cues. You know nothing about what it means to be a woman. And suddenly you blink and things have gone all awry and are twisting and turning and now you're in a bridal seat I don't know what I did in a life to be blessed with such privilege being able to marry somebody that I care about while still being able to maintain my independence I wonder what my children are going to look like are they going to have my blue eyes are they going to have the shy charms of their father or maybe they'll take after their aunt if they take after me they're doomed whatever you are whoever you are you are going to be very loved You are going to be important. You're going to be kind and wise and smart. 
because your role models will be smart and kind and wise. I hope more than anything right now that I just don't get sick. This is all very... a lot. It is a lot. And I wasn't expecting to be the first daughter to get married and... I wish you were here, William. To see your little Kathy. Take the first real step into becoming the woman that people are to be. While remaining the type of woman that I want to be. And monologue. Well said. All right. Um. All right. How do I want to do this? Uh, we are going to. Uh, actually, looking at the time. Yeah, we just skip. We might skip the ceremony, actually. Um, but no, we should, but we won't, because I want to do this. Um, so uh, we're gonna go forward a few hours. Um, and it is the ceremony in Redwood Shirt. Uh, that's a, only a small gathering. Um, it's the uh, father and mother of both the bride and the groom. Um. Uh, Jasper is dressed in like a very uh, traditional uh, like black outfit, but as he's standing there, uh, Catherine, you do see um, for the first time in the time that you've known him, uh, a more regal bearing. And he, he kind of is actually has the shadow or the echoes of what his father is now. Um, and he just looks at you with just like the so much pride and most loving expression uh and he just has like not a goofy smile but just like the happiest smile you could ever see as he's looking at you um uh and for good reason would you please describe your wedding trip of course um her wedding dress is a long satin pale yellow dress with an empire waist um and as well as the same traditional um, box um, neckline. It is lined with uh, pink flowers and has a pink satin ribbon tied around her underbust. Her gloves are a satin yellow to match and her sleeves are lined with pink embroidered lace. Her hair is in curls and they're done up with pink roses from the Abbey's gardens. Um, she wears a necklace with a pink gem dropped here. Um, and 
the earrings that her sister had gifted to her to borrow. He's yeah, he, he's just absolutely stunned, gobsmacked. He doesn't, uh, and so is everyone else for that matter. It's a very regal bearing, and you look wonderful. Um, uh, might be, be some uh, tears in the eyes of the good Baron Goodman, uh, behind his son, as the vicar, uh, is getting towards the end of the ceremony. Um, and begins to say, uh, Catherine Beaufort, will you have this man to be your husband, to live together in the covenant of marriage? Will you love him, comfort him, honor and keep him in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, be faithful to him as long as you both shall live? I, I, I do. Jasper Goodman. Will you have this woman to be your wife, to live together in the covenant of marriage? Will you love her, comfort her, and honor her and keep her, in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, be faithful to her as long as you both shall live? Um, and he he says it away, but you feel like there's a pause only because he just barely registered the man talking. Um, but before he's like, I will. Yes, I do. Um... And uh, he, the vicar, turns to the whole uh, gathering. With all of you witnessing these promises, do all in your power to uphold these two persons in their marriage? Um, and there's a collective, we will. Uh, and... May I spend one of my resolve tokens oh, so that the, cur- the colonel is there to add his we will to the chorus? Certainly you shall. Um, yeah, you're probably you're probably just to the left of the Countess Beaufort behind them, behind them. I also think during this, uh, I don't know where Eloise is looking, but John keeps he's got a very complicated look on his face, and if she's picking it up. Uh, yeah. I think Eloise was watching the couple until the we will, and then her head snaps around to look towards where Thomas is. Off in the distance, you see John Fielding. <laughs> <laughs> he could very easily be in her eye line if Thomas is at the door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally. Uh, the giver that all is true and lovely and gracious, we give you thanks for binding us together in these holy mysteries of the body and blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Grant that by your Holy Spirit, uh, Jasper Goodman and Catherine Beaufort, now joined in holy matrimony, become one in heart and soul, live in fidelity and peace, and obtain those eternal joys prepared for all who love you for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And he will wrap up the ceremony there. Um... Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, he gestures to the, the bride and groom to exit out of the church ahead of everybody else. Um, and 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 they will, yeah. Um, sorry, pretty much, but I'm like, you're, you're right. 
was so much worse than I was making it sound. Uh, that would have gone on for an hour. Um, but he touches you both, and as you exit, um, you see uh, cousins, distant relatives, friends of family, and a large portion of the town uh, all out there just loudly cheering and celebrating for you. Um, and yeah, as you come out, the sun is high in the sky. It was a little chilly this morning, but now it's just a very comfortable temperature as you, Catherine, first truly take in the sound smell of spring and the beaming face of your newlywed husband. Um, so we're going to go to the reception. Um, so the reception, uh, was mainly put forward by, um, the Goodman family, uh, mainly because they wanted to make a big, like, they're kind of from side part out of town. They're like kind of local, but not really, but they're like, all right. We're going to try to put on a big display for everybody. Let them truly know that the Goodmans are here in Redwood. Um, and it's a massive spread. Uh, townspeople brought in like games and other things to play as a rig where everyone's running around. There are some uh, there are some uh, upper crust people also milling around in like the area towards where the bride and groom are. But it is fairly like an open uh, reception for the whole town. Um, tables uh, spread with food. There's a band playing music off to the side. Um, and at the head of the table, at the big table, we have the Goodmans on one side and the Beauforts on the other. And we have the bride and groom in the center. Um, and the floor is open for the four of you. Um, and this would probably be like 40 minutes in. It's pretty early on. Um, but I would say at this point, everyone has seen everyone at least once. Not talked to, but you've always seen them in the actual reception. You know they're there. So who would like to make the first move? I think Eloise is kind of off to the side and trying not to panic. <laughs> not entirely sure what to do for the first time in her life. Usually she knows exactly what the moment It's like, I didn't prepare for this. Um. So, okay, in that case, you are going to hear a very familiar voice. Uh, Eloise, the reception is over there. And you do see Daniel, like, sidle up next to you from, like, out of the corner of your eye because you, like, looped around the reception to, like, surprise you. Uh, yeah, yes, t- uh, I'm, I'm, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're aware. But you're all the way over here. It's like, yes, you don't want to be over there. So I'm going to ask, what are you doing here? It's, that makes you... What's wrong? He's um, a grin on his face. What's up? What's going on? Well, he's here. They're both here. If this isn't my day, what do I do? They're both here? What do I say? Who's the other? There's two, there's three of them now? What's going on? No. Oh. Uh, That is an issue. He... Colonel wrote me a letter. And I thought he was leaving and not coming back. And I thought it would be better for everyone if I didn't write back. Because what good would it do? 
if he was leaving and now he's here mm-hmm. and it's my sister's wedding not mine um, it is uh, there are no rules for this sort of situation none that I've ever been taught there is one rule actually what for once in your life my dear do what's right for yourself that's the rule he's right there I'm not going to be an absolute cat and call him over here but I'm not going to do that I would like to spend a resolve token (laughs) on behalf of Edith oh no yes to have her manifest like the tiny little ninja that she is (laughs) this is really a very rubbish hiding place the best places are down by the fir trees Lady Edith, hello. Um, wasn't trying to hide. Yes, you were. You said so. You didn't know what to do. That's when you hide. I um suspect that would be most inappropriate for me to do at my um. Oh. She's like snaps open her fan and is fanning herself and looking looking panicked. It would be inappropriate at your wedding. Sister's wedding, I think, would be fine, I think. I will need to check. I'm not sure. You did your part for your sister's wedding. She's at that table, surrounded by people, being loved upon, doted upon. Jasper won't stop staring at her. God bless that young man. No one's eyes are on you. Because it's not your day. Right. Yes, I think I will hide. Thank you, Edith. You're very sweet. No, 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 no. I can redirect you. <laughs> Edith's already got her by the hand. Oh, and, and down by the fir trees. And down by the fir trees, if we're caught, we can jump in the river. Uh, well, perhaps not jumping in the river, but the fir trees sound actually, lovely. Actually, you know what? What? Edith. You are a genius. Fur trees are dead. Oh, go on, you two. Go on. <laughs> Eloise gives him a look. She's like, what the hell are you up to? But gets dragged off <laughs> by, the, by so, the teenage sprite. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, he's a tall, lanky man. He's got a pretty good stride. Colonel Thomas Campbell, where are you hanging? Uh, the colonel is uh, probably near the front of the church, trying to stay away from people who are inevitably going to ask him are you going to slap anyone while you're here um, I will say most of the people here weren't at that party if that helps you don't even actually see any of the Fosmith or any of the um, except friends. Edith yeah Edith you know Edith shows up Ninja. Um, Ninja. absolutely <laughs> um, you actually don't see any of the Fosleys for that matter um uh, but you rewind real quick John Fielding where are you at uh, John is where are you at Ms. Um, 
John is glad-handing, avoiding attention as much as he can. You know, he's just sort of talking with whoever he ends up next to, and awkwardly not knowing if he should be involved with the wedding party proper. Uh, I do think at a certain point he's going to go out and get some fresh air. It's outside. Oh, good. Yeah. I meant to move past the colonel. Oh, well. I mean, if we try to just get away from the reception, the church is kind of off to the side. So if you were trying to um, get away from the reception to take a breather, he, you'd see him in front of the church. <sighs> and colonel, you'd see him. You see each other. We'll do the uh, polite guy nod, Mr. Fielding. Colonel. Did you receive my... Apologies. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Did you receive my letter? I did, and I thank you for it. Are you keeping well? Things considered. Things considered, I am. I... Nervous though I am to meet so many new people, I find myself... It's different. I have less to do, less to prove. And you? How do you do, all things considered? That I've made it this far today is... uh no doubt uh, will no doubt be declared a miracle by the church in times to come <laughs> indeed our last meeting ended heatedly it did Uh, I am I am not ashamed to admit when I was wrong. I believe that I shall make no defense of my behavior. And yet you have several good ones you could choose from. Not the least of which and inconsiderate Scott sort of trampling all over your plans or attempting <laughs> to do it at any rate. Should I attempt to make such a defense, it would be first loyalty to the family with which I had joined myself and second the behavior of others. That said, those bonds are now broken. And unless I have misjudged I believe I saw the good Miss Eloise depart in that direction. And I point towards the, towards the river and the trees. You did not see that. Okay. Well, not, if you were, not if you were glad-handing, I'm just saying. All right. Yeah, yeah. John, I've seen your work. 
God be good, I wear your work. You have nothing to prove to anyone. I shall endeavor to remember that the next time I am cornered by a member of the Fosley family. Huh? If you do, if they prove uh, implacable, just send it my way. We have a good relationship, I think. I shall keep it in mind. And I'd do the same for you as I did then. Thank you. If I... May I confide in you? Are you going to, even if I say no? No. It is a matter of business <laughs> then, and strategy. Ah, then you may. Uh, Mr. Richard Fosley believes that he has uh, stolen my protege. He does not understand that, nor indeed does Henry, the considerable debt incurred by borrowing from me. I believe the Fosley family will find themselves ill-positioned to incur my wrath come the signing of those papers. Let us hope that they can keep the name Beaufort from the mud and their mouths, lest our mutual advantage over them need be played. Yours or mine. <laughs> this process of acquisition seems more and more like a food chain. Indeed. I'll miss you when I go home to Scotland. And I you. I would offer to visit, but... <laughs> given my disposition to the countryside and the reputation of your countryside... You'd be welcome. Thank you. And perhaps I shall. My father could use something that wasn't uh, originally stitched for the Battle of Culloden anyway. <laughs> I confess, the creation of a, a satisfactory and an exemplary tartan was, was no small challenge, and I enjoyed it greatly. The odds of my visiting you have increased. And you already have the pattern. Uh, but for you, I suspect your father to be a man of uh, somewhat different shape. Aye. Kilts are funny that way, though. You just have to fold them more. I still don't understand that part, but as long as it works. And we're all Campbells, so it's the same colors either way. Do you know what you're going to do next, Colonel? Here at this fine event? I feel like I've used up most of my decision muscles getting myself to here in front of the church. But it seems to me 
My good friends have this odd habit of coming and poking me at the uh, most providential of moments. Ah, Donald, there you are. Oh, and him too. <laughs> uh, Quite no, so. you do you do see Daniel uh, approaching you. Oh, Mr. Fielding. Good to see you as well. And you, sir. Um, not to drought. Uh, Colonel, may I have a moment of your time if I might steal him away from you, uh, Mr. Fielding? Indeed. You cannot steal what I give freely. Enjoy the party, Colonel. And you as well. And how may I help you, sir? Eloise is very dear to my heart. She's one of my very, very, extremely close friends. And all I want to do is see her as happy as can be. And I believe, given everything I've seen, heard, and understood over this past while, you're the person that can have that happen. Make that happen. And right now, she's, she's completely torn up. She's in a, she's spiraling downwards in a major way because she doesn't know what to do right now. So tied up in her own duty that she can't do this one thing for herself. Now, all I would ask I hope you hear all the heart I'm speaking with right now. Is he goes to speak to my friend? And help her understand your heart. So she can understand hers and she can make a decision before she bottles it all up again and resolves to just Genuinely, this looks so distraught at this point. Um, his, his eyes are like a little red, and he's like, he's not, oh, he's not gonna probably cry, but it looks like he wants to because he just doesn't know what to do. There is this long moment of him, of the colonel looking almost stricken. For a second there, when he launched into it, he's like, "Am I to be on the receiving end now?" Of no, I love her. Leave her alone. Um, <laughs> Wait, that's a better story. What am I doing? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> and. Uh, as he talks, he just, his face sort of settles. He licks his lips once. If you could be so good as to tell me where I might find her. Uh, he takes like a, uh, he, smi uh, he, he sighs, smiles, and goes, uh, off to the right side of the church is a small batch of fir trees down by the river. Um, oi, oi, Missy, uh, Missy, this hideout. We should definitely tell her governess where that is. Why would you do that, traitor? And I walk off. 
Because the governess comes after me. Don't. don't uh, okay. And you do hear the, as you're walking away, the full voice of the governess approaching Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> the poor, uh, the poor bastard. Uh, Eloise um, is standing yeah. with the fir trees between her and the church and is reading a piece of paper. There is a small lookout station built into one of the trees on which Eloise is standing with a small uh, telescope that probably shouldn't be up there and almost assuredly is not hers. I'm assuming you mean Edith, not Edith, Eloise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Edith, Edith, yes. <laughs> so many E names. So Eleanor walks up. Um, go ahead. <laughs> oh, the colonel's coming. What? Yes, he's marching over the hill. Oh, I think I see my governess. I should go. <laughs> Eloise for a moment looks like she might actually be considered throwing herself in the river and and then um, as uh, the colonel kind of rounds the corner uh, she is hurriedly trying to fold up the piece of paper with clearly shaking hands um, and tuck it away Colonel stops a uh, COVID-appropriate uh, distance away. Lady Beaufort. Lord Campbell. Oh. Sorry, I am... Um... No, please. He didn't, uh... I don't... I, I don't know what to say. Um, oh. I should make two of us. Um... Did you mean it? I did. And I do. She kind of nods. Still visibly looks a little shaky. come here with no expectations. But 
I will not. I will not leave on paper what I could say to you directly. Whatever you choose, now that you are free to choose, wherever you go, for I believe that you would flourish anywhere in this wide world. You should know you'll carry my heart with you where, wherever it is that you end up. She is blinking and her eyes are very clearly kind of misty. I've never had a knack for talking about tender things. I am. Um, I didn't think you would come back, and I didn't want to torture either of us with a reply if that was the case. And now I feel quite the fool that I've lost the opportunity to reply to you in a manner that I would likely find it easier to express myself. You need not spare my feelings. Tell me to go and I'll go. Uh, no, um... That's not... What I mean to say is, anywhere you go... I don't think I could be happy if I wasn't next to you. And that she looks vaguely panicked that she actually said that. And is struggling to look. She's looking everywhere but at you. Having heard that, you will walk forward. Take her chin in his hand. To turn her to look her in the eye. We shall have to ensure that you never need go anywhere other than by my side again. Hey, kisses her. She swoons, but kisses back. It is at that moment the soft pitter-patter of rain slowly starts to fall onto the river and over the fir trees above you and slowly begins to trip down and fall all around you. But there's just this weird spot 
right in the middle of all these fir trees and just stays dry as the rain slowly falls around you. Um, I should warn you, my family doesn't have any money. Uh, then I'll warn you in return. My family has a lot. My father is the Duke of Argyle. Put that together when you mentioned where you lived. My older brother, he is, he has been injured and infirmed. My parents are coming down the end of the season to inform Her Majesty that I am the new heir. I'm not offering you a simple life, but you need never worry about your family again. She will nod, and since they're standing there and they are that close, um, does probably the most brazen thing she's done throughout the whole show, um, and just lets her temple rest against his chest. I suppose technically I should ask, will you marry me? <laughs> yes. Yes, I will. Oh, good. But you'll need to go ask my father before you tell him that you've already... Well, as it seems, we're a bit besieged here. Maybe we'll just wait a moment for the rain. I'll be helped. As he uh, wraps his arms around her. cut away from that beautiful scene the rain's still falling um what a gorgeous moment um we're gonna go up like 50 yards up the river bank over like over past some bushes so the reception was happening um it's raining so <laughs> uh it's a tiny little bit of panic because this is a very outdoor spread um Catherine mm-hmm. prior to this mm-hmm. um so you've been sitting there for well sitting there for maybe like a little over an hour um uh people uh saying uh getting congratulations that's not the word i was looking for (laughs) uh saying congratulations um uh coming up to just like uh just I'd just be happy for the both of you. Uh, Jasper is oddly in his element at this point, and you do actually see um, it was kind of faint uh, leading up to this and all the preparation, but now that he's sitting there, sitting next to you, um, uh, you do actually see Baron Goodman. Um, uh, his back's a little straighter, he's smiling wider, and you do see like a small uh, glimmer of confidence and uh, 
you see that every time he looks at you and smiles, he's getting a little bit more of it because he knows that he has you now. Um, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, your mother's been crying for like an hour. Uh, happy, but she's doing it. Um, lots of relief over there. Uh, your father is beaming like an idiot, just talking animatedly with the uh, the first Baron Goodman. Um, uh, and yeah, you're sitting there. It's a beautiful summer day. Um, there are some clouds rolling in, oddly. Well, <laughs> wonder why that suddenly started happening. It was supposed to be forecasted for clear. Um, uh, but yeah, it is your day. Looks like it might rain soon. I think Jasper looks up. <sighs> oh, why the hell would I go do something like that? Little rain never bothered anybody. Oh, the rain never bothered me anyway. Be good. We need some. It's been so hot lately. But I guess the question is, as he like leans back in his chair a little bit, just focusing on you. Did we tell everyone? They're having so much fun. I, uh... I think we should let them uh, be surprised. And, uh... Oh, well, where did my sister run off to? Um... Oh, well. Um, you like gestures and you see young Edith um, booking it uh, across the reception um, with Bailey, Bonnie, Bess, Bryn, Blair, Bella, Brutus, Baron, Bernard, Bo, Bentley, Bootsy, and Zarius rip-roaring across being chased by her governess and walking a good distance behind laughing quietly behind his hand is Daniel. Yep. Uh, she's going to just stand from her chair and let off a, a loud whistle to catch to catch the dog's attention. Uh, much like a weird moment that you remember from maybe like a month and a half ago, suddenly the first dog stops, and the rest of them don't expect it. So they all kind of just go ass over tea kettle, just kind of colliding into each other, uh, landing in a heap before jumping up and turning to attention to where you are um uh and begin running towards you and you do hear for the first time in a while the confidence kind of leaves Jasper's voice as he's an absolute horde of dogs running towards the both of you <laughs> as he just goes oh no uh you best get used to it I want ten and and then maybe a couple of young boys. <laughs> oh. And she'll uh, uh she'll she'll offer him just a very very tiny smirk uh, before returning her attention to the dogs. Yeah, he's right. kind of red in the face. <laughs> like, right, that's supposed to happen. <laughs> like, he forgot about the other thing. Um. Uh, 
and the dogs like stop toward the table. Um, you don't know if it's the influence of the good Colonel Campbell, but you have Zarius in the front and the other twelve lined up in rows of six directly behind him. He stopped short at the ready. All right, you little beasts. I've had enough of you running around all ragged. It's been like this all spring. To your mother, right now. March! They, <laughs> they don't move. Instead, actually seem to stop shaking and stand up straighter looking at you. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no. Your real mother. March! <laughs> they don't move. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Uh, you did say you wanted ten. Well, these are the... Very well, um... There is something you do note that you're actually sitting here. You notice that you haven't seen Aunt Catherine since the actual ceremony. Aunt Catherine, huh? <laughs> Listen, we just had the whole thing with Edith like 20 minutes ago. I can hear it. <laughs> Carolyn. It was, your, it was your turn to have somebody else have your name. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> We're talk about this more in the next session here that we do for this. Um, mother of Christ. So, uh, yeah, you haven't seen uh, your aunt, Carolyn, the entire reception. Um. Oh boy, this is a. It's embarrassing. Um. Aunt. Aunt Carolyn? Aunt Carolyn? Um. Well, let's, let's hold on a moment. Let's go look for her. Yes, yes. Um, alright. Um. You 13 little beasts, uh, the full suit. And she claps her hand and <laughs> starts walking forward uh, with her arm wrapped around uh, with her arm wrapped around uh, Jasper. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jasper's like, I think it's going to rain, everyone. And as he says that, <laughs> um, uh, guarded by a circle of 13 dogs that allows you to prevent from getting stampeded. Not really. Everyone's just kind of like, oh no, and kind of like run for shelter. <laughs> um, luckily, this uh, this green is surrounded by several trees and stuff like that. Um, uh, the Goodman and the Beaufort service are kind enough to at least cover the food so they can give it out to some of the townsfolk afterwards so it's not all just ruined. Yeah. But, uh, receptions pause on a counter rain. Um, uh, um, actually, and one of the servants actually does, like, uh, grab, like, a tablecloth to hold over the bride and groom as he ex escorts you to the, uh, uh, towards the church. Um, and it guides you inside. Uh, but it is completely empty in the church, save for one person. Your Aunt Carolyn. Auntie? Uh, um, and you see her in one of the front pews, uh, um, and the, uh, uh, her eyes are red and she's been, uh, she's been clearly crying for quite some time. Auntie, so is everything all right? Oh, no, don't, no, don't mind me. It's, it's, it's your day. I, uh, I... I'm a little overwhelmed. 
Monty, when have you, with all of the love and respect that I can give um, to our society, when have I ever put the social graces over those that I love? Uh, it's going to be true. Should have admonished you and made sure you took your lessons more seriously when you were younger, but I was never good at it. Are you... are you joking? Auntie, you are one of the strongest women that I know. Yes, it's just like, I knew that, um... I knew I should have waited outside during the ceremony. I knew it was going to get me going. It just reminded me of your... Uncle Bartholomew. God bless him. Did you miss him? I can only imagine. I. I never got the chance to really know Uncle. And I'm sure that he's looking down from heaven and smiling. With William. You know, sometimes the, uh, sometimes the angels bless us with a little, uh, spring rain. To cool us down after this season has been so hot. I'm so happy for you, and... Oh, and Jasper, my goodness. He looks like some... Yes? This is the manliest I've ever seen you look. Like, <laughs> looks like taking it back in two regards. <laughs> like, we're going through his head, take the compliment. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I'll make it happy. Carolyn just nods, He's like, I know you will. Um, he stands up and, like, dries her eyes. Like, I could have told you it was going to rain. My, my knee was hurting. <laughs> You've always had a bit of a, um, a lucky guess for this type of stuff. Well, when my knee hurts, it's going to rain, and kind of stretches a little bit, and when my back hurts. Hmm. And you see this, like, slow smiley spreading over her face. Where's your sister? You know... I think we should, um, wherever she is, let her be for now. Well, I have a good eye, and I can assure you she's in the right hands. Though I swear, he does have a solid... Right hook. I'm kidding. She doesn't say that. Um, <laughs> Do you think he'll ever figure it out that it was us that sent the invitation? Well, once the love clears out of his eyes, which it never will, mm. he may notice. But for right now, I, I'm pretty sure he's just overwhelmed with happiness, much like yourself. Mm. Listen, at the end of the day, Catherine. 
Men aren't the brightest, and we can usually expect them not to entirely figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> she pats Jasper's cheek. Good man. And, um... <laughs> uh, walk towards the door and, like, looks outside. Oh, that's Mr. Fielding guiding the guests. Good man. Good, good. Yes. Um. Uh, John. Indeed. You are helping the guests, you said. Yes, I, uh... People are trying to get inside to shelter. And... In the spirit of, of being, you know, there's nowhere I have to be, so I'm just helping the slowest people. Yes, ma'am, take my arm. I shall get you inside. Right this way. Um. Yeah, Certainly, it's, yeah. It's an, Bring the dishes in. It's an older woman of uh, the gentle range. She's like. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, good. Oh, it always happens when I try to get dessert at one of these things, I swear. Indeed. Have you brought this upon us, ma'am? Oh, I may have. Can't help every time I see a wedding cake. <laughs> um, and... As you, uh, begin to, like, there's, like, a, oh, like, a big eating area of the church off the side through one of the doors that you can, um, uh, easily enter. You do, um, uh, you do hear, it's like, oh, grandmother, there you are. And you see, um, a younger woman, um. Uh, dressed in some finery, but not nearly as much as the bride, and certainly not in yellow. Um, <laughs> uh, I got come over, and uh, like a uh, brown hair, uh, like brown eyes, and it's like these big dimple smiles. Like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. I couldn't find it with all the hustle going about. Are you all right? No, it's fine. It's fine. This young man helped me right over. Uh, and she looks at me with like this beaming smile. Like, thank you so much. Ah, uh, Mister Fielding. Uh, John Fielding. Thank you. It was a, it was uh, a pleasure to be of service. No, no, thank you again. Um, I'm Mara Castle. And, uh, to give you a curtsy. Um, also kind of went for the raid, and she's like, uh, do you mind helping me, her, uh, getting her a seat? I deeply appreciate it. Uh, I give Beatrice a look like, are you gonna be cool? You mind if I... Beatrice is not with you. Damn it all. Yes, no, not yeah. at all. Um, you do see her, like, in a deeper part of the church, because she just, you know, booked it. Um, I mean, she didn't want to get caught out in the rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but do you just grab them a seat and get them comfortable? Yeah, I'll hang out and talk with them for a while. Okay. Beatrice is probably doing what John was never as good at, which is uh, making friends without making it look weird. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, you get to know the Castleton family. Uh, a much smaller family from the outskirts of Redwich. They've been friends with the Bomar, uh, Beauforts for some time. Um, yeah, and they just seem extremely grateful that you helped. Right on. Yeah. Uh, I'm also... At some point, I'd like to talk to... Uh, I don't know if I've paid my respects to the bride and groom yet, directly. Good thing you brought that up. So about this time, <laughs> um, you do see the bride and groom in the, the near the front entrance of the main part of the church, uh, talking to Aunt Carolyn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will politely excuse myself with a promise to return and uh, go over there. Yeah, you see John approaching. Oh, Mr. Fielding, it's, I appreciate you making it up tonight. Uh, indeed, thank you for the invitation. It was most welcome and uh, a lovely ceremony. Congratulations to the both of you in the highest. Uh, uh. Uh, sincere uh, gratefulness Um, do you have a minute to to speak uh, Mr. Fielding I I believe I do wonderful shake the young lord's hand Uh, respectfully inclined to Caroline um uh nods and bemused expression mm-hmm. well um, I am sure that uh, you are aware that um, now now that I'm taking my leave from the abbey to go and live out the rest of our days under uh, the home that uh, Jasper has a roof, indeed. Yes. Um, over the next coming years, um, as we start our own little family, um, we are going to need proper dress. And I should have and you think of none other. I figured I'd hire out one of the best tailors uh, on, uh, well, I guess this side of London. Hopefully the other side by then. Hmm? You keep up your good work and we shall see. Um, And I can, from the bottom of my heart, do want to thank you um, for that chaperoning. Of course. I don't think that neither of us would be here today had it not been for you stepping in and making sure that my dignity was still kept intact. And Mm. if you ever find yourself on this side of the country again, I do hope that you send out a letter. You will always have a place in our home. 
I shall indeed. I... I know that this has been strange, or perhaps I know it has been strange for me. And your kindness at this event and at all has been most welcome and perhaps underappreciated. Mr. Fielding, I do not see you as a bad man. I see you and my sister as not being a compatible match, and I will not lie that I've made my opinions on that known maybe a small handful of times. You are not in a minority on that. But I do it out of love for her. And I do it out of respect for you. I do not think either one of you would be Sorry, there was a gust of wind. <laughs> um, but, uh, I do not think at the end of the day you two would have made each other as happy as you would have hoped. And I always think that sometimes it's better for you to make your own decisions in regards to your own happiness. And I really do hope that one day you find a woman that gives you that same happiness that my dear Ellie deserves. I find myself able to hope for it too. Thanks yeah. in part to to her bravery. I am embarrassed I could not have shown it myself. Should your family require anything at all of me. They have but to ask. I believe that this won't be your last time speaking. I hope not. You're a good man, sir. Thank you. You may be in a minority on thinking that, at least among our near acquaintances. Believe it or not, I have a uh, good eye for reading the room. What I might lack in the social graces that my sister possesses, I possess in an unnatural insight. Quite the contrary. I find your social graces to be exceedingly uh, well-tuned, where you ah. speak where speaking is needed. Ah, and that is where you are in the minority, my good sir. <clears throat> so be it. Minorities I... we shall be. <laughs> I... I will let that settle then. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you. Um, and I do hope that you enjoyed the rest of the reception, despite a little bit of rain. I shall do my best. I have high hopes. Wonderful. <laughs> you have.
have a good evening, Mr. Fielding. <laughs> I'm, I think that uh, we both need some... a moment to collect ourselves. Cool. <laughs> have a good evening. Good evening. And she's just going to... <laughs> she's just going to walk the other way. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I love this table so much. <laughs> um, just I know we can't do it, but I wish they could see this general chat. You all just like the funniest people. Um, so as you both are like, all right, time to go our separate ways. Uh, it'd be about this time that uh, because they kind of took their time getting here. Kind of. I'm just saying that now. Uh, the through the front entrance, uh, being shielded carefully by his jacket because he's that kind of guy, is Eloise and the Colonel. And the you two would both see the hunter. The Colonel's a. Uh white undershirt is now pretty much translucent and looks looks vaguely bedraggled his mustache however well waxed refuses to move <laughs> <laughs> the bite of the scot <laughs> yeah very Yeah, you're both. You're both. Go ahead. Uh, There's a where they walk in and suddenly everyone's looking at them. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Eloise isn't laughing. I'm laughing. Uh, (laughs) um, So Caroline forgets her moment of, well, a little bit of moment of weakness and kind of like, Oh, Colonel, good man, you managed to find her just like I asked. Thank you so much. I was worried she'd get lost in the rain. Uh, here she is, safe and sound. He's wearing, uh, it, it's not like a shit-eating grin, but it's just like, <laughs> got it. <laughs> Eloise's cheeks are very red, um, and she's going to daintily take the jacket Um off and and return it to the colonel. Thank you for being safety to the church. Of course, my lady. He says, taking the jacket, which is just dripping all over the stones. <laughs> just, I mean, it's better than being in your tidy whities church. Just saying. Nope. Um. Uh, actually, um. No, 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 not that. Uh, and Jasper actually walks over, um, uh, and takes off his coat. Tom, please. And oh, thank you. Both. Mighty good thing you did, and um. I don't like taken aback by his own actions. Like, yeah, that was the right move. He mm-hmm. did it. <laughs> He's so cute. Catherine yeah, also like, has a shit-eating grin, by the way. 
<laughs> uh, John's secret wingman power kicks in, and he his eyes dart across the room to Eloise's father, and then he looks at the colonel and goes, over there, just subtle as can be. And actually, that is a secret power in the good society. You can activate wingman whenever you do. Boom. <laughs> it's called a resolve token. Spend no, a resolve no, no, token no. to just uh, be like right over have, there. Have have conveniently placed father. No, 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 no. Yep. Wingman power. I want to put nothing. <laughs> All right. I activate wingman power. Yeah, okay, uh, cool. I get a plus five to my assist actions. Absolutely. You want to use that plus five right now? Absolutely. Yes, I do. So, Hurdle, <laughs> fueled by that plus five and the activation of wingman power, you do in fact see um, a little beraggled himself, but uh, he's helping um, the Countess uh, Beaufort, like, draw him off. Uh, you do see the good Earl Beaufort. William. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Little, uh, Yes. Yeah. I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> William Beaufort um, the first. Yeah, <laughs> William Beaufort the first. Um, Thomas will uh, sort of set his jaw like he's been commanded to take a hill and uh, start walking over there. I think Eloise seeing this and being left totally by herself <laughs> in front of the church just sort of gives a panicked little look around and then walks over to where her sister is just so that she's not alone. Yeah. Uh, it looks just white as a sheet. So, do I give you something borrowed next? Uh, father says, gives his permission. Excellent. <laughs> If the two of you, well, you can just say that out loud. Um, <laughs> if the two of you didn't separate, you'd be standing next to each other, OG. I think Karen would have separated herself when she said, I need a moment to collect. <laughs> okay, so you separated. <laughs> um, yeah, so the two of you are there. Uh, Colonel, you approach the good Earl, uh, who is has like a half smile on his face like now now if it was gonna rain at any uh at any point in time it might as well be you know we finished eating and everything's all set ah i, pre- I appreciate it reminds me of home ah colonel you actually want to go up there again i'm i do miss the north my lord if i might have a moment of your time i think he says as his player spends the resolve token the vicar has a, a bottle of something that might brace us against the uh, the cold and the damp. Oh, I'm just... actually, where is he? Um, yeah, he's in his quarters because it's kind of crowded in here. Uh, I do believe you're right, just off to the side of the kitchen. Uh, and he'll walk with you. Uh, the yeah. actual side area of the kitchen is still like closed up because he doesn't want anyone going in there but as you open it's a little dark but there's some light coming in from a window and you can hear the rain pattering down from outside it's getting a little windy actually now it's really starting to remind me of home I only know about this because I brought it to him when I came down for the season 
I only know about it because I know where he keeps it. He's and, not uh, the most subtle of men. We'll uh, pour, uh, pour the Earl and myself a glass. Offer it to him. He'll take it. Lord, I must uh, I find myself uh, in the position of needing to ask permission to uh, wed your daughter. Uh, not the one that just got wedded. That would be strange. Um, I'm not good at this. So, as you asked that, he was taking a sip. Um, and uh, as you continue, he's still continuing that sip as you see him just slowly drain his glass. Um... And, like, look at the bottom, contemplating it. I see. I refill his glass. <laughs> Goes in for another sip. Continue. Uh, well, uh, I think that was it, my lord. Um, uh, well, I have... Uh, I have asked Lady Eloise's uh, opinion on the matter, and uh, she is in agreement. Anything else? He's straight-faced, by the way. He's just, like, uh, looking you uh, dread in the eyes. He, he kind of looks around the room like somehow one of the walls of the kitchen will contain the answer to the question. He takes a drink of the... He, he uh, looks at his scotch downs it all in a single shot puts the glass down looks at the empty glass for a moment and looks up at the arrow goes other than uh, I love her with all my heart no sir very well you'll finish his glass set it down next to yours uh um and the, not that I've been keeping these characters with the quorum but uh he, he drops his quorum to put his hands on your shoulder and goes I would be honored if a man to think itself would marry my daughter. Yes. Oh, thank Jesus. Uh, um, I, uh, thank you, my lord. Thank you. Oh, relax. He looks honest, like serious about it. He pours himself another glass, but then puts the bottle away. Today is a day to celebrate. I have, and you, you kind of see him like for the like. He's always uh, not looked impassive, but always kind of like looked a little down on everything because, you, as you kind of have just heard, they have they don't have any money. Um, but it's like I, uh, I now have the reassurance that both of them will be okay. And happy. And that's what I want. Um, and you see him just like uh, wipe his eyes for a second, and then just kind of straighten up his back. Straighten up. Raise my glass. Slancha. And uh, down that glass, only one shot too. Mm. All right. I want you to make it look like you really haggled me for this. Oh, aye. Aye. 
You made you made me struggle a lot. Yeah. They'd never believe that half this town knows me. <laughs> um, he just like walk out the room. Uh, just that's it. Come on then. But uh, I'll save the announcements for the next party. It's Catherine's day. Absolutely. There is one. There is, with your permission, one person I'd like to tell. Of course. Thank you. Who? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lady Eloise, sir. Oh, I thought you. Right. It'd be a really funny secret to keep, but I don't think it, uh, she'd really enjoy that. I'd, Come on, then. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if she found out a captive from her, she'd throw me in the river. She is the stronger of the two of them. I've seen her do some quite frightening things. She did watch herself, Colonel. And between the two of us, I think she'd throw you in second, so... You think so? Yeah, actually, like walking towards everybody else. He actually paused to think about it. Like, really? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you rejoin everybody else. Um, the rain died down a little bit, and the rest of the townsfolk are starting to filter out. Uh, until it's a. Uh, Basically, the the families of both sides of the wedding and uh, a few other people who are just very, very close friends. Um, uh, as you wait for everyone's characters to show up because they wanted to make sure everything was dry and ready for you to get in and then actually go. Is there anything anyone like to say to anybody else while everyone is here? Uh, I just want to <laughs> when they come back out Eloise is like scanning the crowd constantly until she sees them and then there's just like the question on her face as she stares at Tom and her father and then back at Tom like she's watching a badminton match Thomas just looks at looks at her waits till he has her eyes and then just nods once She will look relieved and nod in return. And Catherine still has her shit eating grin. And Catherine will feel all of the tension that's in that hand that's holding her. Go yep. away. Other <laughs> <laughs> um, than that. can't think of anything else. John? I think there's definitely a moment in his awareness of sort of what's going on that John is looking at Eloise and saying, having all these feelings and it's like, what happens now? What What's going on? And I think for the first time, probably in his life, certainly in this season, he takes a deep breath and says, this isn't about me. 
while he's having those thoughts, oh no, I hurl my monologue token to the floor and make it about him one last time. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, this is okay. Um, you son of a gun. In his defense, that's why I did this. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. Son of a gun. Yeah, he's, uh, he's made his way back in the crowd a little bit. He'll probably eventually go rejoin Beatrice and the Castelli family. Uh, the Castleton family, yeah. Castleton, cool, thank mm-hmm. you. But he's watching. <sighs> knowing, knowing is, is the most powerful thing that I have done. When I know how to make something, there is no choice, there is no mistake. It is simply do it right. See it complete. A flaw is a flaw. Not a... Not a choice. I have behaved in a manner that was flawed. I have made choices that brought... What I believe to be necessary discomfort. I am overjoyed to learn that that comfort is that, that misery is is not to be. But should I talk to her? Should I go and? Just, just for a moment to see, is she cross with me? Is she carrying a grudge? Will I find myself uh, a few months hence battling rumors of my cruelty? I think not. Or if it is to be so, then it is to be. This is not about me. Her and the Colonel, I believe they shall do well. Lady Catherine's betrothal seems destined for bliss. I believed at the start of this season that I would end it betrothed. But now, to my great delight, I find myself betrayed. Good for you. And good luck. And monologue. 
You know, Overthinker, I don't know how you did it, but I think you just won this game. I think you won the Good Society, so congrats on that. Thank you. <laughs> that was really well said, bro. Thank you. Okay. Um. As you settle down and you're thinking that through, uh, Catherine is with Jasper, um, getting to know the Goodman. Um, uh, Colonel is probably still talking to the Earl and the uh, Countess at this point, just talking over everything. Um, because he would obviously have to tell the Countess as well and talk that over. But, uh, while all this is happening, and you're looking around and seeing where everyone's at at the end of all of this, uh, I'm going to spend a model on token on Eloise. Uh, this is, um, so this is what swimming feels like. No, being in the boat. I'm not gasping anymore <laughs> and I'm not desperately treading water trying to keep my head above the waves trying to drag everyone up with me I'm um Once I find myself with nothing to do but stand here and be simply be no more expectations or weights of responsibility all is settled and decided and I can't stop smiling. <laughs> My cheeks hurt. I don't remember the last time I was this happy. Argyle is a long way away. But she's kind of looking over at her sister. It'll be all right. Everything's going to be fine. William? I'm not drowning anymore. And monologue. We're going to pull the scene back from the church uh, out through the doors and out into the small town of Redwood as the rain lessens and you see the carriages for the various families roll up and the camera pans farther back and kind of goes to the town, through the woods, down the dirt path, and it goes over Redwood Abbey as we fade away from this idyllic little town. Um, 
And before we end the session, uh, it was proposed to me uh, that we do one last round of letters. I think that's a good idea. And I think that's how we're going to end this off. Um, and we are going to start uh, with Bookkeeper. I see how it is. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> You've been schooling us all 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 uh, season. It's your turn. Ambush. An yep. ambush. <laughs> Finally, my revenge. Well. Okay, uh, so uh, if I recall correctly, that last round of letters can actually be uh, letters that are written like several months later as sort of like an epilogue to things. Yeah, that was my guess. Yeah, but uh, but if you would if you would rather it be something that would that he would write in the next week, uh, just say so and I'll do that. No, we'll say like the time period for this is like towards the end of the season, like summer's past. We're heading into fall. Um, uh, but I guess it depends on uh, Eloise and Thomas how quickly your wedding happened. Do what feels right, but I will okay. I will follow in your footsteps. Okay. Uh, then, done. Uh, what will happen is uh, this will be a letter to Lady Catherine uh, from uh, Colonel Campbell, sent from Argyle on the occasion of the intended return of uh, the Colonel and his new bride from Argyle uh, to London uh, for, uh, for some uh, court events in the fall. And it starts with, um, and you could a, a small moment of his uh, Scottish uh, peculiarity comes out in that he refuses to waste paper because it starts with uh, my dear Lady Catherine and then that is lined out and then begins with my dear sister. It is my pleasure to write to you on the occasion that my family and I are preparing now uh, to leave Argyle and uh, head back towards uh, the the lands the lands of uh, you and your husband. I suppose I, I hope you will be grateful that we took the uh, the rain and wind uh, from your wedding day with us when we returned to Scotland. I promise we will do our best not to bring them back. I do apologize that uh, my uh, my family and uh, several members of the clan will be coming, so this may feel mo vaguely more like an invasion uh, than a visit. Uh, but with the uh, 
Sad exception of York, England has always recovered from such things rather quickly, and I expect you will do the same. It is a difficult thing to explain. I know now, from my head to my toes, that you are not the same uh, wee girl I saw uh, running about and uh, spying on the French once upon a time. And if I have uh, failed in my running about to apologize for treating you as such, please allow me to do so now. But I did during that uh, rather whirlwind season when I was last in your company find myself beset with feelings I was not prepared for. And under pressures I had no way to properly explain. Your, your husband tells the story of the uh, number of suitors that seemed to pop up around him like uh, so many weeds the moment they discovered he was to be a baron. I had many of the same fears. And so there I was trying to... Under, trying to find the possibility of uh, real love and real happiness barely knowing what those two terms might mean. Even as I was trying to keep the change in my familial circumstances something of a secret. It is this level of distraction that I offer as my meager excuse for my behavior towards you. If you'll permit me to... Uh, ramble about a, a person who is not a part of this correspondence for a moment. Your sister is a wonder. She has had to uh, ask my father to repeat a few things. Uh, his brogue is quite strong. But I see now the force of will that kept your family together for all those years. I'm in awe of it. I'm a little frightened by it. But I most certainly love it. And daily as that affection grows, so too does my love for the things she loves, which includes, of course, her sister, a person I have known and considered to be a friend, well, for most of her life if not a good part of mine. I hope you and His Excellency are well, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Yours respectfully, 
Thomas. I would actually like to respond. Alrighty then, go ahead. Alright. To my dearest brother. I hope this letter finds you well. I appreciated getting to know your family um, during your visit. They are a very lively bunch, and I was not quite prepared for the conversations that I was uh, that I found myself having with your with your father, especially. He is quite well spoken, despite me also having some problems uh, understanding some of the things that he says. But you can tell that he speaks with a passion that I quite admire. From when we last saw each other, I see how happy you make, Ellie. And that is all I've ever wanted more in this life. You have become somebody very important to her, and therefore you are important to me. Thank you for making her feel the way that she deserves to be feel. Things here are quiet now. London is still as boring as ever. These parties still drive me insane. But after the birth of uh, my dear Jasper the second. I find more light in my life. I want to teach him to have your sense of perseverance. I think that he has a lot to learn from having an uncle who served his time in the military the way that you did. I want him to hear about the battles. I want him to know what the world is like. He's a bundle of joy. And I do hope that next time you and Ellie decide to come down for a visit, or uh, if Jasper and I are able to make our way up, that you finally get to meet him. I fear that he might have my spirit. He's already sewed. But it's joyous. I can tell that he's going to be a good man. Because the men in his life are going to teach him to be a good man. I'm glad to see that the marriage is blossoming absolutely beautifully. Please make sure that she keeps her spirit high. And please do let me know when I should expect to send a small gift for your firstborn. I expect that there will be plenty of uh, cousins next time we do meet. 
for my dear little Jasper to look after. Thank you. If you have a full family again. And while I still miss my dear older brother, knowing that I gained one who is as passionate and loving important person in my life puts a smile on my face every day. Your sister and sincerely Lady Catherine. One last Goodman pun, and I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> who would like to go next? I would. Okay. To Mr. John Fielding. Hello, John. It's been some time since last I wrote you and I find myself able to do so under much happier circumstance this time. My husband and I are leaving for London soon. Intend to be a part of the season. As you know, London has never been to my taste. However, I find that if I'm going to return home for such an event, I will be in need of a new wardrobe and would have no one but the most skilled tailor and his most skilled seamstresses provide me with such. Hello, I will detail what I would like in hopes that you could help me to make this happen. And I have sent forward word to the bank to provide you with the funding necessary. I do hope that while we are there, we will have time to visit and that I will find your circumstances happy and your ambitions still as high as ever. My best wishes, Eloise Campbell. Postscript. I would also like you to prepare at least a few pairs of pants for my husband. Don't tell him. Thank you. Dark betrayal. <laughs> she I loves it. Listen, the, listen. The she loves betrayed. the cult, but she's gonna tease him. <laughs> I called it betrothed and betrayed. I warned you. It's in the title, man. Walk right into it. Uh, in response. All right. Oh, hold on. All right, go ahead. To the good lady Campbell. My circumstances are much improved. 
alas, I shall not be able to attend you personally, as I am in America. Your order shall, of course, be handled by the highest of esteem. And I appreciate your contacting the bank. But at least one order shall be on the house. I hope that you and your husband are well. And I appreciate all that I learned from our season together. Tell him when you can that I shall visit him uh, upon my return trip, likely in the next spring. I wish to see this land of Argyle, about which I have heard so much. I must thank you directly for the courage that you showed, courage which I did not myself possess. Leaving a thing which seems good is difficult, and finding a thing which seems better, frightening. I am glad for you that you have. And when the day comes that I do, I shall inform you immediately. All the best, Mr. John Fielding. Postscript, your secret is safe with me. We still have a bit of time. Are there any other letters that would like to be sent out? Uh, yes. Okay. Do I bring down Lord Dick? Group opinion. <laughs> Group opinion. So I'm going to quietly tell you, you actually can't because you never said the guy was in debt to you from the jump. Mm. Throw that out there. He is your best friend and your business partner. <laughs> anyway... Um, but go ahead with the letter. No, I don't actually have another. I just wanted I'm to I'm at Barcelona. Ah. Yep. Miss. Oh, I've forgotten the last name. What's Edith's last name? Oh, Edith is a Fosley. Yes. To Miss Edith Fosley. (laughs) On this, the event of your 13th birthday, I am writing to you to send the sincerest best wishes of myself and my husband and your most ardent friend, Colonel Campbell. In regards to your last letter, requesting reinforcements in your your continued efforts to defeat your enemy, your enemies in your brother's army, rest assured we are on our way to London now, and look forward to providing whatever you may require. I also have it on good authority that Bailey, Bonnie, Bess, Bryn, Blair, Bella, Brutus, Baron, Bernard, Beau, Bentley, Bootsy, and Zarius will all be in attendance. 
They are, after all, the honor guard. Looking forward to seeing you again. Thank you for showing me your most favorite hiding spot. And I hope next time I can see another. Your friend, Lady Eloise Campbell. I don't know how to pronounce that. Marchioness of Kintyre and Lorne. Marquis. Marchioness? I don't know. It's weird. It's a it's a word I don't know how to pronounce for once. Uh, we're just gonna accept that it's Marquis. Marchioness. Marchioness. All right. All right. Any other letters? I've got one more. You got it. To my darling sister, I hope that Scotland treats you well. My goodness, I don't know how you manage to keep yourself sane. Your family seems almost as lively as I am and I don't know if that is a blessing or a curse on your behalf but to see you smile the way that you do when you look at my new brother I haven't seen a smile like that come from you in a very long time I will have it in good word that I am expecting again and I have decided on a name I've decided that I'm going to name her after the strongest woman I know in hopes that she can retain some of your strength I have a strong suspicion that this one is going to be a little baby girl. And Ellie is going to have your spirit. Jasper the second grows bigger and stronger every day and he is forming his own independence. It's tiring and exciting and puts things into perspective. I do hope that things are treating you well. It's lonely here in England without you. I find myself looking at the countryside every day and thinking about when we were small children, free from cold hard world of adolescence making harsh decisions and when we used to just be able to go off and play in the gardens to be children again but now we are grown and we are off with people who make us happy seeing you happy is all I've ever wanted 
when you make your way down to London again, you will have to write me. I demand it. Uh, uh, you see uh, that she's that there seems to be something that might have gotten written, but uh, unfortunately, it seems to be covered up by a uh, a paw print. <laughs> um, and so a little bit of the letter is cut off, um, but it then resumes. And know that I will forever <laughs> love you, my dear sister. Truly. And forever your sister. Lady Catherine Goodman. And then if you turn the letter around, there's more paw prints. <laughs> like a lot more paw prints. I imagine there's one. I need a little shoe print in there somewhere as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right, everyone. Uh, this has been four wonderful episodes of the wonderful cast. Thank you all. But we are going to close uh, the book on the good society betrothed and betrayed. Thank you all for joining us. Have a good day.